On today's episode, we have Tom. He's a dad, partner, founder, and LinkedIn influencer. Tom co-founded the amazing design agency with over 60 employees called Fearless. Fearless brings together some of the smartest creative minds from all corners of the world to solve real life challenges. This conversation spans depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, meditation, the pressures of work, and psychedelics. Never Fully Heard aims to be a space for men to listen to and engage in vulnerable conversations to improve their mental well-being. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the first episode of Never Fully Heard. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, good to be here. I didn't know I was the first one, so it's, a, it's an honor and <laughs> pleasure. Yeah, hopefully the, the start of a, a long journey. Um, yeah. Where I want to really start the podcast is the beginning of your journey with mental health. I know it's a term that's like, it's thrown around a lot and means something different to every person depending on their experience, their mindset, everything else. Um, but when did you first understand what mental health even was? So... My mental health journey, I think, started when I was when I first realised what mental health was in a term was probably when I was about sixteen, so about eleven years ago. Um, and the journey I've been on ever since is sort of trying to understand why I do what I do. So, um, for example, when I was at school, um, well, actually, let's take it a step back. So, mm. uh, I think everything stems from when when you're a child. So, I, I experienced a lot of hard sort of childhood trauma which has sort of stayed with me and subconsciously throughout my adulthood and it's only actually been in the last couple of years that I've really started to understand why I do what I do and like everything in like the workplace and life um always comes back to mm-hmm. trauma as as a child because um you learn the subconscious patterns of your parents um, and how you were treated as a kid and then you manifest that into um, your adulthood. Um, mental health to me is so, so important. I treat mental health just as equally as paramount as like my going to the gym. Every day it's a, it's a thing you work on. It's not, today I've got good mental health, t- tomorrow, yesterday I had bad mental health. It's a constant um, thing you've got to work on, in my opinion. When, when you um, kind of first started feeling like you realized what mental health was and some of the, the negative impacts it has. Did you proactively reach out for help or was it a case of leaving it until it was in a, in a bad state and then addressing it? No, I didn't, I didn't reach out for help because I didn't know what I was experiencing because I was subconsciously feeling the pain, the, you know, the really low sort of state, but not actually understanding why I was feeling that. So I probably had my first, therapist when i was like 25 so what like two years ago which is crazy and so i I think i experienced sort of quite low mental health when i was 16. um i was very impulsive as a as a teenager i would i was quite reckless i would would lash out but now i understand why and it was because i was trying to deal with the pain and the trauma that i've faced and it's like a coping mechanism um and and like the impulsiveness in me is is actually me trying to protect myself from pain that I'm experiencing from from the outside outside world, and it's only by getting therapy that I've um, managed to get a, an understanding of it. And then once you have that, I think that's like the first step, the awareness. Then it's actually dealing with the patterns. That's when you. That's the key. And I don't think 
I think everyone is aware of their mental health a little bit more now because it's starting to become mainstream, you know, with like the help of like calm, headspace and stuff. Um, but I think people still need to need help addressing those problems in the day to day. And that only comes were, with time. What was it you found hard about reaching out or starting therapy? What was the, the hard bit about starting that? It's the stigma, right? Because as a as a as a man, you're I was and I grew up in a military family. Mm. And as a like in some societies like you are you're you're not meant to cry, you're not meant to feel feelings, you're meant to just crack on with it, go to work, do your thing, go out the weekend, have fun with the lads, like all that kind of stuff. And so at that time it was I was that was the kind of people I was surrounded with. So I thought that was normal. And so what I was feeling was like completely alien. So no one would actually really understand. So you just have to sort of suffer in, in silence. Um, mm. And so I think it was the fear and the feeling I was going to have that feeling of rejection, which then now I know stems from my childhood. Mm. So it all links. It's, it's so powerful. Man. So was that almost there wasn't like a, a safe space to kind of didn't feel like there was like an emotionally safe space to actually say like I'm really feeling crap here. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't. I, I think at the time it was what 2013, 2014 when I was really quite low, 2015-ish. Um, and at that time it it wasn't really talked about like it is now. I think headspace and calm was starting to get more awareness through meditation and uh, and sort of mindfulness, but it was still there was still a huge stigma around it. I remember posting about it the first time ever on LinkedIn in like 2016, mm. and I and it like everyone was like, "Wow, I've never heard this!" Like, and it, but now everyone's posting about mental health. It's like it's like it's become the trendy thing, but back then it was there was it was still quite a stigma around it, especially mm. male mental health. Like the the data shows, right? Suicide under uh, men under forty five is biggest killer. One of the biggest killers. There's a it's reason crazy. for that because it's the stigma. Yeah. yeah, even though I've gone on my own journey, it's I still find I'm I'm probably one of the ones in my group that talk about it the most. And even then, I find myself like not saying things in group situations. I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to get taken the mick out of, or like someone's just going to be like, oh, just like, let's just yeah. like crack on and have fun. Um, it's, it's like a generational thing because that's how we were we grew up feeling like this is our role in society we can't feel pain mm -hmm. we can't feel emotion we just got to crack on with it our parents grew up like that our pets so it's a generational thing so we are now becoming more aware and more mindful of mental health especially in men because obviously like our journeys so we have the opportunity to stop that generational trauma for our future mm -hmm. You know, children, etc. So it, we we are, I believe, we are in such a powerful position to change the direction of how people can get help. So. And if you could go back to your kind of twenty fifteen self now, and what what advice would you give to someone who may be going going through that, or would you give to yourself back back then? Oh man! So I remember, I was my first job in London. I was in, uh, I was, I was in like this boiler room type of mentality. It was like, get on the phones, like make this sale, you know, hardcore BD. And I was so miserable. And I remember like just looking and 
when I was at the train station going to work and I was thinking I could just, I just want to jump off it. Like I've got like scars here from cutting myself. Like I was just very, I was in such a, a dark, dark hole. And um, the, the first thing it would be get help, like talk, just talk to someone, like anyone. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a therapist. It can just go and call a helpline or, or whatever. That's the first one. But then also understand why you're feeling what you're feeling. This doesn't just come from nowhere. This comes from your body. Your body is so powerful. It, know, it kind of knows the score. It, it, it holds a lot of suppression and frustration and anger inside you. So now, um, the advice I'd give from what I know now to my 20-year-old self it's like, listen, listen to your body more, try and release that inner trauma, emotions and feelings through like somatic release therapy, or going on retreats or something like that. Um, and definitely see a, like a therapist 100%. Um, but there's also a lot of other things you can do like uh, that can change your state of being. So like working with your nervous system. Mm. So if you can regulate your nervous system, you regulate your emotions, period. Um, change your environment yeah like and we like we discussed as you were coming up uh, as we were coming on school right you were you chose to go back to marketing from this dev because you weren't as happy and i'm guessing now you're in a better state you're in a better environment you're happier you're probably more fulfilled you have better relationships so change your environment um somatic release therapy is so powerful because you release that emotion from the body yeah, do you want to? I, 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 I've I've heard of it, but I haven't heard that much about it. Do you mind just giving like a quick? Um, yeah, it's it's, it's, it in its in its in its like true self. It's basically you you tune into the body, right? So you tune into the body wherever you're feeling some like suppression or tightness, and you sort of just feel it. You talk to it. And then you through any it can be through sound it can be through movement you just release it from the body and you just what you do is you move yourself your uh move from your mind to your body so your body knows when it where it's tight and you just try and release you basically release it mm -hmm. through through your body so like for me i i do pretty much on a daily basis somatic therapy now and i release through sound um some people release through movement but for me it's mm -hmm. for me it's sound um, there's like you can you can go into like crazy YouTube videos and see like Stephen Jaggers like do it or, or Lucas Matt doing some crazy uh, breathwork smack release uh, work where you've got people like shouting and crying but that's like an extreme ninety minute session but you can do as simple as five minutes. I think and that's it really I think helps, that's, man. I think that's going to be so especially powerful for for men who just like don't express their emotions in the same way or it's societally not seen the same to yeah. like cry or, or yeah. scream. And that's why I think obviously like gym and movement is powerful, but also just like allowing yourself to like feel those emotions and let them like just go through the body rather yeah. than just like staying tense and, and, and really going. There's one yeah. thing I want to pick up on was the, um, that people just get used to their environment. And I think with, with you seeing a mental health, people don't get help. Like when I went through um, kind of quite like acute depression, anxiety, my brain just got used to it. And I, I find it amazing in everything in life. Like if you get a higher salary, if you get something, whatever happens, your brain will just get used to it. Yeah. And it's like that 
like that treadmill of just always wanting like the next thing or, but then, then that applies to mental health. You can be in a really bad situation, but your brain just continues to like adjust to it and get used to it. Yeah. So until you remove yourself and totally change your environment or get someone like a therapist to hold like a mirror up to you and go and like talk you yeah. through it and get you to say it yourself, then you, you just can't appreciate like, once I kind of got out of like the mist and the haze of being like, like really badly anxious and depressed, I was like, that was literally just like a different world yeah. um, to where am I now? And I think that, yeah, such an important point for people to realize is like your environment impacts so much. And if you are feeling that way, try changing that. Um, yeah. And it could be a, a big play for you. Yeah. And I think, and just going back to like the nervous system, um, often people like you can go through three different stages of the, of the nervous system. Um, you have like connection when you're in your body, you're in your mind, you have um, activation without connection. So do you know when like someone cuts you up, you're like, mm-hmm. like crazy and like, but you're not actually connected, you're activated. Um, and then you have like this, you're just like really disconnected and you're just like sad. And like a lot of people who are in depressed, like depressive state are in this kind of nervous mm-hmm. system. But if they can like, get themselves up into connection um, with their body and their mind, change their environment, that is power, that can be so powerful com- coupled with the environment change. Um, but I think definitely like environment is, if I have my three, like top three, mm-hmm. it would be, apart from get a therapist, that's like, everyone should do that. I think everyone should do that anyway. Even if you've got good mental health. Yeah. Everyone should have therapists. But it would be change your environment, it would be work on the nervous system and it would be um, some some sort of release because what we are so good at like um, suppressing feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, like we go out on the weekend. I, 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 I don't, but like people drink and they suppress and then they don't, they have this inner feeling inside and it's just going to cause pent up anger, you know, and then they go to do weed or, whatever and they're just suppressing it they're suppressing it and then one day they erupt with anger they don't know what they're erupting at actually it's all the pent-up frustration that they're releasing then so some sort of release every day as well could be would be really key and did you ever have that like stage in your journey of mental health of using something to whether it's just distracting yourself with work or numbing the emotions and distracting yourself? Yeah. I mean, probably from like 2017 to 2020, um, no, 2017 to like 2019, I used to travel every weekend. I used to live on my own in London this time. I used to just work like 14 hour days because I was lonely. I didn't have anything to fill the void. Um, didn't have like a human connection outside of work. So yeah, I was just used to numb myself with, with work and like work super hard. Yeah, I was making you know, good money and whatever, but so miserable, man. And I didn't have anyone to share. I think so having that human connection is, is, yeah, is, is so important. But I've never used like, I've never used like, you know, weed or anything like that to suppress. I just mm. used, I, I just, my, my one mine was work yeah i think it's something that from just speaking to quite a few friends and just being like reasonably tapped into like the network on linkedin it seems like a lot of 
um, men and young men have a real like pressure on their backs to succeed and to like feel like they're at success and they don't want to like seem like they're not doing well in front of their friends or they want to make their like parents proud or there's all this like pressure going on and it's yeah I think it causes a lot of people to take on jobs and behaviors that they like the amount of conversations I've had with people that go like I don't like this job but it oh it pays well or it it like does this and it's like and I know you spoke about this on LinkedIn so how, how have you dealt with the those pressures um and that yeah, I love this uh, the pressure to succeed. Like, it's such a good question. And I think success is different to everyone else. Like everyone knows this. And I think doing the, like the work, the inner work to understand why you feel what you feel, tap into your body, understand your emotions, what, and try and visualize what is success to you. Mm-hmm. If success to you is working in corporate and you know, commuting five days a week, then fair enough, that's success to you. But um, it, it's not success to, to everyone else. So understanding what success means to you, and define it, and then live true to your values every day. Otherwise, you're just going to cause this constant disalignment, constant unhappiness. All you're going to do is then release it in ways, manifest into other people, like negative energy, and you're going to take it out on your loved ones. I've, I've been there. Um, because that's why I got into recruitment in the first place was because I thought, oh, I need money. London is like the place to be in it, to get money. And like, you make a hundred grand a year in your first year and blah, blah, blah. And I, I went into it and I was just so, so miserable. Um, so defining what success is means to you would be, would be one, um, visual, and then just constantly visualizing it and, and doing the, doing the inner work. And I think that's when and having the courage and the conviction to go for it, but also having, putting yourself in the environment and surround yourself with the people that are going to lift you up, not put you down. You mm. are the, pro- uh, you, you'd have heard the saying, you're the product of your environment. You know, yeah. what, and I think what's... it's staying true to yourself. Like there's this quote that I love and I think it's like, it's, it's so true in like societies. Um, it's, it says, I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who you think I think I am. It's like we live in this perception-based society. Jay Shetty uh, has spoken a lot about this, that we're living, we're living our lives literally based on what we think people think about us. The fuck? That's so Yeah, I've got, I've got goosebumps. I, I love that quote. Yeah. And what, what just um, popped into mind after he said that was, it's the amount of people that must stay in a certain way of life because they are thinking, what is my friend going to think of me? What? And yeah. I know you've started your own business. So like that takes a lot of courage to deal with. I think it's like social pressure, even in like social situations, people that are introverted, they're so scared of what saying, saying what they really feel like because of the fear or perception of others, even though the amount of times that, um, I know I felt this, like I've, I've woken up, um from a night out I happened to be drinking and be like oh my god what what did I do so embarrassing and I uh, said I said what I did to my friend and they've gone oh yeah no I didn't didn't remember that and it's so much of life yeah. is spent it's like I've had so many I can't remember what the quote is I've had so many horrors in my life most of which have never happened um yeah and it's so true and oh yeah I was just thinking from starting your own business you must have dealt with a lot of 
I don't know, noise from other people or like comments over the time, other businesses thinking like, right, we're just going to like take them out. We're better than them. Um, how, have you always had the, the courage just to go for it or was that something you've learned? So I, I'm very blessed and lucky. I've got a really good co-founder, Lauren, who's also my mm. life partner. So we're super tight. We sort of egg each other on in that sense. So the journey of starting Fearless was quite, quite crazy. I, um, I was about to take a job as a consultant for McKinsey mm -hmm. and I was like, I, I even accepted it. And then I realized like, wow, what am I doing? This is going to kill my soul. Like literally kill my soul. I need to get out of this. Mm -hmm. And they started this thing fearless. They had no idea um, how successful it would be. It was meant to just be a, like a small startup side business. Um, we, were, we actually moved to the arse end of nowhere in the countryside to live a different life. Um, and then the pandemic hit and then we just thought, right, we, this is our, this is literally going to pay for our baby this is our livelihood right so we just had to make it work and i think a lot of people at the start were like nah we don't believe in your model um you're not going to be you're not going to be successful as you think you are it's like fair enough no worries we'll just go on to the next one and we'll just keep iterating taking their feedback and i think but having that that conviction in 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 a knowing though this will be successful because we are here to make it successful and we'll pivot when needed, but it's just going back to like doing the work and having that inner conviction mm. and not, not, not necessarily ignoring the noise, listening to, to certain noises, but don't listen to people who you wouldn't get advice from, you would go to. So, um, yeah, that's been, that's it. And then obviously we're now at 62 people, three years in. Um, and we're growing, we're hiring like, like crazy and it's been, it's been great. And I feel like we're starting to see the reward of all the hard work in the pandemic and, and all that kind of stuff. We've had people really well-known ex founders start businesses with the same name as us and try and take us out. Not, not understanding we've got, a, we've crazy. got a trademark. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it's been, I could, that's in a whole nother tactical discussion we can talk about there business wise but uh yeah it's been it's been a great great journey, mm. great journey. and how, how have you mentally managed the i guess the i don't know if you do get these thoughts but i i know i do and other people do that like the seeds of doubt that can creep in whether whether they're just thoughts that randomly pop up like is this gonna work like wow maybe maybe it would have been better to take the job at mckinsey like all <laughs> those like little thoughts how, um, how do you generally deal with them so as your, I, I found as the business has grown and the more responsibilities that have come on, your emotional container has to grow at the same time. If mm. your emotional container doesn't grow, the business will outgrow you and it will either collapse or you'll have to leave because you literally can't manage the business. So in the last, especially last year, since probably last October, I've had three different coaches i've had one for like lifestyle and like more spiritual inner knowing coach i've had a tactical business coach and then a therapist um to help me increase my res emotional resilience awareness and uh, leadership uh, in order to actually grow the business because before i, I had no experience of like leadership mm -hmm. like you you knew me at wiser right i was like this rogue person who used to come in go out go in go out do my own 
own thing. So it's been a yeah, it's been a crazy journey. Um, I think having a co-founder is like so important. I can do, yeah. I literally couldn't do it without without her. Like in the dark, low times, we have problems with um, people problems or business problem, financial, whatever it is, we're there to support each other. And I think you can't, you can't replicate that human connection piece. But I think it always goes back to, for me, the inner work. I talk about this inner work, the work a lot. It's that's time to self reflect, that time to heal, that time to nurture the and deal with traumas and how you show up every day for yourself and for your team. You can only do that by doing the the work and then all the other things will mm -hmm. fall into place. You can always learn to run a business on the on the tactical stuff, you know, P and Ls and new business and that kind of stuff. But if you can't lead a team and you're a dysfunctional leader with a dysregulated nervous system, they're gonna walk. They're not gonna work yeah. work for you. We all know about toxic bosses' environments, it's because they have dysregulated nervous systems. They're like dysfunctional leaders. So yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy growth journey, honestly. It's and it, it and I'm still going through that. Like just this week had a really sort of hard time in my life and period and I've had to just crack on and show up. But that's when having a coach and therapist really just levels you up, man. Yeah, I, it seems like a lot of people there's there's this thing right between you know going to therapy there's like between stimulus and response there's like a there's like a gap and a lot of times people just um don't know how to to deal with that uh they basically when stimulus happens they emotionally react and they automatically get triggered and then that triggers like physical reaction stress anxiety and it seems like through the coaches the therapy the the breathing the making sure not to like drown yourself in between work and and home it's you've managed to really like get a grip on that like moment between stimulus and, and response and yeah it's it's, it's cool to see like how much effort that's gone into it and i think a lot of people never really see that they only see the success and they don't see the the work yeah. that's gone into the the control it's it, yeah it's been a it's been a crazy a crazy journey i think i'm i'm nowhere near where i want to be i i'm not like for me this is this never stops it's never ends. the other thing just to talk about mental health and the inner work is the use of psychedelics so for me the use of psychedelics is growing and the science like with magic mushrooms mm -hmm. like lsd like all this all this stuff is it's only growing in popularity and i personally think it's in 10 years time it's going to be as popular as like meditation is now and where meditation was 10 yeah. years ago for example um because we are living in such a like connected world, but we're also the most disconnected and unhappy we've ever have been. So people are using these um, substances to feel better and be happier and I'm all for that. Um, one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had, ever, ever had is the use of ayahuasca. So I went to Costa Rica uh, in yeah. April I did an ayahuasca ceremony, a private ceremony with um, two of the most uh, prestigious leaders in the, what they call the Colombian lineage. Mm -hmm. So ayahuasca is basically two plants. Um, you've got the DMT part and then you've got the inhibitor. You cook it, they brew it, 
um, and it's like the it's like the like a thick substance. I don't know if you have, have you ever researched ayahuasca or done much into it. Yeah, so there's I'm I'm really interested in the psychedelic world. A guy called Tim Ferriss is um, yeah, yeah. who I follow like is really into it, and also interestingly, especially after the whole slap scandal, Will Smith at the end of his book, which is literally one of the best books I've, I've ever read, um, talks about his 14 ayahuasca journeys that he's gone oh, on. Oh wow! Um, okay. When dealing with uh, like all the trauma from his childhood, so yeah, interested to hear how your experience was. Okay. Okay, so, oh man, I get like goosebumps just like feeling back to the, to the to the moment and the ceremony. But it was the most, yeah. So great, crazy experience. So what they they brew it for like days, months, and it's what they call the medicine. So basically, um, we there was five of us. Normally in the ceremonies, you have like 20, 30 people, um, but because this was a private one, I had like full dedication of like three really experienced mm -hmm. practitioners, which was just amazing. So it was like 8 p.m. So you go through the night, um, 8 p.m. to like 8 a.m. So 8 p.m., I'm like a nervous wreck, man, because like I'm, I've gone out to the jungle, not knowing any of these people, about mm -hmm. to his medicine. I've seen these crazy stories on YouTube and, and, and the internet. And my biggest fear in life is death and letting go. Mm. And I'm about to let go. I'm about to sub, like, drink a substance like medicine yeah. which is gonna I, I don't know how i'm gonna react to it so that's just like the inner work just going to the ceremony so it's 8 p.m uh we did like what they they gave us our spiritual they uh we gave them our spiritual payments like what we want to get out of the evening mm -hmm. mine was to uh face my childhood trauma relive it let it go um and and come back to the uk with positive energy and lead and grow with, with my team um, and then they you have everyone has their own like beds and stuff. Um, so we went back, and then they called us. They called me up. They did a blessing. They gave me the medicine, which was like just a small dose because obviously I was new to it. Went mm -hmm. back to sleep. Nothing. I didn't feel anything. It's crazy. I was like, oh, what's this? <laughs> the next one, they bring me up again about eleven. I think it, they it probably would have been about ten, eleven p.m. Yeah. Um, it happens, by the way. You can have a, an experience where I also that nothing happens for the first one. So then, went up again. They gave me bigger dose. <laughs> They're like, right, enjoy. Go back to your bed and just be with it. We never know what's going to happen. Half an hour later, I'm up. I'm shouting. I'm in pain. I'm. I'm because you. The medicine is now kicking in because the medicine works by cleaning you inside now. So mm -hmm. going to the bathroom being sick, everything. And I'm in just like this this world of pain. I'm like, I need this to stop. I need this to stop. Like it, every everything's spinning. They're like, you're okay, brother. This is this is all part of the process. What you're you're going through is completely normal. There was incredible. And then you go through I went through this um really dark phase where I felt like I was reliving like a, a really bad childhood trauma experience mm. um and i started to see people that had abandoned me and started to talk to them and say like why and they i could feel them talking back to me and i started to okay release that and let that go then i was experiencing all these people that i've hurt and all that kind of stuff it was incredibly powerful to just let that all go and, and, and experience mm -hmm. that 
then I went on to like this good high. So I was like laying down outside, like looking at the stars and seeing these stones and going, oh, what a beautiful stone. And just like, I was in a really nice moment. And then the real healing came when they said, okay, now it's time to go to sleep and go to go back in your bed and just be with it. Um, I was like, okay. Um, at this time, I was like, just making sure I was alive. I was checking my trainers and- just... And were you still kind of like in the moment? Dude, I, was, I was out of it. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was completely out of it. Um, but I can remember it, but I was out of it, mm. if that makes sense. Um, so then I went back to lay in, lay in bed. And I, at this time, I was like, I was still fighting the medicine. So if you fight the medicine, it's just going to delay the process and it's going to delay the healing. So I was still fighting. I was, I was doing like weird shit, like making sure my trainers were still on to make sure I'm still alive, trying to remember um, my daughter's name to make sure, okay, I'm, I'm still alive. Because yeah. I, was, I, was I was scared. Like I was, I, was, I was dying. And so remember going back to my uh, thing around fear of death and letting go. This was, I was facing this. Then I thought, fuck. And then suddenly I was fighting it. And out of nowhere, I got this vision of Lauren and uh, Kiko, my daughter, saying, mm -hmm. it's okay. Let go. Just let go. We're here. So I let go. And I saw all these like, like pink, green, blue snakes in my eyes. And, and then, and then this out of nowhere, this like, like what they call the grandmother, the medicines, the grandmother came and just said, it's okay. I've got you. I'm not going to abandon you. And that was going back to my childhood trauma. And I was like, there I was just like in tears and like crying. I said, I'm going to look after you. And then I felt like I was floating up to the clouds in the sky. And I've never felt for like an hour or two so much inner peace. Mm. Was, was that no like noise. really, really helping that, like the inner child that is spoken about a lot with therapy? Like you felt like you'd, that had been, you'd kind of been present yeah. with that inner child and really... Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, and then, so I had a just incredible, incredible experience there. You release so much, man. And then I went through a bad cycle again, because you go up and down, up and down all night. And then they gave me um, a blessing with like stinging nettles, like fascial like, stinging nettles. They put this lotion on you and it, it actually That's does crazy. help. It's crazy. And then, um, and then in the Colombian lineage, after like 3am, they then bring out the music and you start like dancing and celebrating life and all that kind of stuff. And it was, yeah, it was great. And then went back to sleep and then woke up the next day and I could start, to, I was like, no, I'm alive now. I'm alive. Like I'm, I'm here. And that moment where you feel, oh, I'm alive. This is, it's euphoric. Like you're like, wow, I'm alive. Like mm. I, and your fears of like, I don't know, client landing. It's like, it was insignificant, isn't it? So mm. it, it's helped me a lot with like just letting go and, and all that kind of stuff. So ayahuasca is not for everyone because it is like a really deep, powerful, and you'll know when you're ready for it. Some people aren't ready for it, but I, I was, and it, it's helped me profoundly. And like, I can always go back to, if I just close my eyes, I can always go back to the moment with that, that feeling. So tap into that every day, tap in to the emotions I want to feel. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it's always interesting that it, it seems to take people back to their, their childhood. And as you said, their childhood trauma, and it seems like everyone's got that like inner child that didn't, 
what, what I mean, some people did, but some people didn't get the the love, the attention, the support, the and to be able to whether it's through therapy or ayahuasca, just to to go back and sit with that that child and really have yeah. presence with it and to reframe it to, is so important for people because otherwise it's like one of those games like whack-a-mole if you push it down somewhere it's going to yeah. pop back up somewhere else exactly you, yeah. you've just got to be able to to like yeah sit with it and uh yeah and reframe that's it. been it it's yeah it's been a powerful journey like i said it's an ongoing thing and um now i think we're in a really privileged position where we can help really help others especially I'm I'm personally really passionate about men's mental health, male yeah. mental health. Um, so I think yeah, I think we're in the right trajectory, but still a lot of work to lot to, to go. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for thank you so much for the the, the podcast. It's been yeah an amazing chat, and um, yeah, how I want to finish is if if you could say one thing for people to try changing in the next week, what 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 would it be? It would be to uh, start some sort of release therapy to release and tune into your body, get out your mind, tune into your body, release that tension through movement, through sound, through voice, whatever it is, and just start to release those emotions. Love it. Thank you.